Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, John Helmkamp, Matthew Betts, and Matt Okada. And welcome back into another episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, John Helmkamp, we are back with another Dynasty Rankings episode. Fellas, how are we doing on week three, week four of quarantine life? Guys, are we hanging in there? I keep meaning to find out like the day that I last left the house for more than two minutes <laughs> so that I can keep track, and I haven't done it yet. Um, oh, It's interesting, man. I'm, I'm getting a little bit of the heebie-jeebies, you know, the... The what is it called when you're stuck somewhere for too long and you cabin start fever. to get yes thank you cabin yeah. fever I'm feeling it a bit uh, today I went out and did errands for like a whole 45 minutes that was the longest I've been out in the out of the house since who knows when mid March uh, so it's it's pretty weird I yeah I ba- I basically like once to twice per week get to drive and pick up my kids and I'm like oh look the world around me. What is this strange place? Um, other than that, just being holed up. It's yeah, it is bizarre. I'm losing track of time and days, and my sleep patterns are completely jacked. It is weird times, but you know what? We are marching on, which is all any of us can do, and and we're gonna talk some football and have some fun. So, okay, guys. I mean, hey, we're stuck in the house. The best thing we can do is honestly just talk football, honestly. Um, A lot. My biggest worry about this whole thing, guys, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, This is the last week I think I can go without a haircut and still look somewhat presentable when I have to <laughs> oh, see yeah. patients in public. Uh, so if you're watching on YouTube, you will see I'm wearing a hat. I plan to wear a hat on the podcast for the foreseeable future. Otherwise, we will lose a lot of subscribers, a lot of listeners, a lot of downloaders because it is going to get ugly real quick. Here's uh, the thing. If you guys both want to shave your heads, I might do it with you in ooh. solidarity. Ooh. Man, I don't know about that. I like look terrible. We can do that on our own, shorter. right? It's just I've, Oh yeah. I've <laughs> just get the I've buzzer. Done that. I yeah. had the buzz I had the buzz cut and clean shaven face life uh from like 2011 through like probably back of 2012 almost 2013. Um because I was gearing up and trying to go into the military, and then I got medically disqualified. And anyways, long story. But I was like really gearing up for it. So I look back at pictures of me then, and I'm like, I look absolutely nothing like I do now. Like you would not recognize me, beardless and with a buzzed head. It's a, it's a weird thing. But the buzz cut and beard could work. I might I might dabble in that. We'll we'll see how desperate times get here in the next few weeks. Yeah, listeners, if you are are listening in your podcast app, you're going to want to check us out on YouTube for when that happens. And of course, you can uh, find us on all your social media platforms as well as YouTube at RedShirtsFFPod. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, of course, uh, and on the YouTube. Be sure to check out the latest rookie profiles that are up there. We have John's Justin Jefferson profile, stud receiver out of LSU. My Clyde Edwards Elaire, amongst others. Okada's working on Jalen Hurts as we speak. So lots of good rookie content up on the YouTube channel. Subscribe so you don't miss any one of those. All right, fellas, let's get into a little bit of news here. Not much to talk about, but we have one signing that we have to discuss. I got great news, guys. Oh, oh, news. 
Alright boys, we thought he was gone. He is not gone. Sammy Watkins staying with the Kansas City Chiefs, restructuring his deal uh, to keep him in Kansas City. Now a one-year deal worth about $9 million. Fellas, we were talking about Mikkel Hardman on our last podcast, uh, breaking down basically the, the recap for the 2019 rookies. <sighs> this sucks. This sucks for Mikkel Hardman owners in Dynasty. Yeah. It just blocks him for one more year. Yeah, it's it's awful. Uh, honestly, I, I I I guess I get it. It makes sense. I, I don't know if the GM's basically just like rewarding him for having a good Super Bowl. I, I don't know what is really because he he burnt Richard Sherman in the fourth quarter, and it was beautiful as a Seahawks fan to see Sherm get absolutely torched like that. <laughs> I was really? so happy. Oh, I was so You're, happy. Oh, you don't like that's interesting. No, I do not like Sherman at all. I didn't oh, like wow. him when he was. I didn't like him when he was here. I liked his play when he was in Seattle. That's obviously, fair. that's very fair. Like, yep. his play was amazing. The Legion of Boom was like top three team defenses of all time, probably. Like, it, it was ridiculous in their heyday. But his attitude, oh my gosh, like the Aaron Andrews interviews, like all that yep. stuff. Just, yeah. I was like, shut up and play, please. Yeah. But, um. Anyways, so to see that happen to him made him made me very happy, and I think that there's a little bit of that that might be going into it, a little bit of a reward situation. Um, and he's good for real life football when he's healthy and on the field. When he's healthy, he stretches the defense even more, which is crazy to think that a Chiefs offense could stretch a defense even further than they always do. Um, so I kind of get it, but yeah, I mean, Mikael Hardman is buried now until about week three when Sammy Watkins pulls a hamstring. <laughs> yeah it could very well happen i mean obviously he's dealt with the the foot issues as well and um those we know are very likely to recur also so yeah i think for Michael hardman i think for me this up you know opens an opportunity if you haven't already made a dynasty trade offer now is the time with this news because of the fact that um you know just two weeks ago or a week ago we were thinking Michael is going to be the two behind tyree kill in the wide receiver depth chart and now he's the three so I think this is the time to buy Mikkel Hardman. Okada, what are your thoughts on that in a dynasty format? Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. And also, it kind of does make a lot of sense for the Chiefs because Mikkel and Tyreek are so similar that just having those two guys might get a little weird. Like, Sammy Watkins is a very different kind of receiver, although he's also very fast, to be honest. The whole team yeah. is fast. Um, but he's a different kind of guy, bigger guy, um, who makes different plays. And I think it helps round out their offense a little bit. He's not super consistent necessarily, but he does have big games every now and then. And I think he's very useful to have on the field for them. The kind of coverage he draws and things like that. Um, like when they play the Patriots, he usually draws the number one corner. And then like Tyreek will get the second guy or a speed guy and a deep safety. Um, so it's it makes sense for them. And... I imagine that if and when they do let him go after next year, if they do it, they'll get somebody else who's kind of similar. Um, he won't be Sammy. He won't have as big a contract. It may be a draft situation. Maybe they'll sign someone else. Or maybe they extend him to a longer deal, depending on how he does this year. So I don't know necessarily if we're ever going to get a situation where it's Tyreek and me, Cole. And I don't, know, I don't necessarily think it would make sense for the Chiefs to do that either. So that may be why. Um, so it may not be something where we should expect that. Uh, 
especially now with this move, kind of locking that in for this year and maybe showing what they want to do in the future. So I still like buying Miko now because I think he's cheaper maybe than he would have been and still will be productive. I think he'll still be good. I think Mahomes can support a lot of pass production and a lot of weapons. Um, so I, I I don't hate getting him. I don't know if I see it necessarily as like a, well, this is going to lower his price, but then after next year when Sammy leaves, he'll suddenly skyrocket because Sammy will be gone. I don't know if I quite see it that way, but I do still think he's maybe a little bit of a value now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, imagine Mahomes. Imagine Mahomes if he gets like a prototypical big body wide receiver that he can. It's just it would be a completely different tool in the in the tool belt for for him to be able to have at his disposal. Um, I gotta think that at some point they're gonna try and do that for him because you got Kelsey who's uh, thirty. Um, so he's getting up there. So the tight end position might be something that they start looking to kind of groom a, a next guy up like bets and i they did are... just sign uh ricky seals jones to a one-year deal not that he's necessarily the next yeah. guy but they're adding depth behind him right and, and bets and i are currently in the red shirts uh patreon league startup draft that's going on oh um, what a league it's fun it's a blast it's been really lively and good talks and some draft pick trading and all kinds of good stuff it's been fun um it's interesting looking at Kelsey through the dynasty lens. I know I'm kind of going a little off track here, but I, j- I just passed on him in the fourth. Early fourth. Yeah, I passed yep. on him with the, with the 4.02. I had him or Metcalf available. And Kittle I went, already gone, I assume. What? Kittle already gone. K- Kittle lasted until yep. the third, which shocked me. I was... I was praying shocked. he was going to fall all the way to me at the end of the third. He didn't. He made it to like 3.04 or something. Um, Kittle's already gone. He's already off the board. I, I'm staring at Kelsey there and I'm just going, oh man, like, yes, such a positional advantage. Yes, I would love that. Um, But I don't know. We see how fast they can kind of fall off. Like we've seen Ertz is starting to to take a dip and they're getting, you know, uh, Dallas Gobert involved behind him. Um, Gobert. Gobert. Uh, we saw Gronk just, well, his was injuries, so I get it. But I'm kind of wondering if Kelsey's got like one more elite season of tight end in him and then he starts to not be that anymore. Like, I wonder mm. if that's on the horizon. So I passed on him at 4.02. I I was just kind of like, well, Godspeed. Oof. I'm not going to get you on the way back. Um, Couldn't yep. be me. Yeah. It was, I, it hey, was I tough did the choices, same thing but... four picks later. Or, yeah, yeah, four picks later, I think. And That's right. He passed you up it, too. It was the same thing. My thumb was hovering over the draft button on Travis Kelsey. Uh, I went Allen Robinson instead. But um, wow. yeah, Allen Robinson hey, over Kelsey. We might have a lot. It's not a tight end premium. We might have a live uh, trade happen on, on the pot. I'm going to be looking to, to go get him out. <laughs> it, it could happen. That. But yep. the age concern is definitely real. I agree with what you're saying. That's the reason I didn't draft him is like, you know, you see that 30 and you're like, eh, maybe like he'll be elite for two more years. No doubt about that. But certainly the the end um, is starting to inch closer. Not saying it's there, not even uh, a huge concern, but starting to inch right. closer. And so that's why I passed. But yeah, that's a great point that maybe even for that reason, me becomes an additional sneaky buy because of Kelsey. So I like your call there on that one. Go ahead, Okada. 
Okay, I just have to say one thing. Since we've already gotten way off topic of uh, sure. Sammy Watkins. When have we ever done that? <laughs> I'm going to get it even more off topic, and I'm just oh, going to give out a, a nice big fat Dynasty tip. I feel like this is a really useful one. Uh, anyone who plays Dynasty, this is pretty key. Stockpile young tight ends. Because yeah. you, when these guys start to get older that are stars, it's if they suddenly drop off, like Gronk just disappeared, if Kelsey suddenly drops off in a, in a year or two because of his age, it is very hard to rep replace them quickly if you don't already have a bunch of options in place to do that. And it's hard to know, like a year or two before that's going to happen, what tight ends you can expect to be great right. coming into those years because they take several years to develop. So you have to stockpile maybe three or four young guys Absolutely. and see who pans out amongst those guys and then when Kelsey is gone or when he starts to get older, you can deal him away or move on to your young guy that did break out because you have him already. So I feel like that's one of my biggest dynasty tips. Just thought I'd throw it out there. Yeah, I mean, no, Johnny perfect. Smith, Ian Thomas, Irv Smith yep. Jr., Mike Gusecki. Yep. Like, there's four off the top of my head that are all in Dallas that. Goddard. Dallas yep. Goddard. That are, well, Goddard's, I think, a little bit more known and advanced down the path like i think he's going to carve out a role this year like pretty sizably although all those guys will but yeah. there are so many young tight ends that are like a step away from solidifying into like a top five fantasy tight end so yeah i totally agree with okada it's a great great tip yeah definitely and last year their price tag in dynasty would have been way cheaper compared to where they're at now so yeah, go trade for those um, you know younger tight ends like Okada was saying. Do it now and then you know thank yourself in two or three years. You'll definitely uh, be on an advantage compared to your league mates. But guys, this is not the tight end show, and here we are. Are you sure we can talk about tight ends the rest of the night? I want to just I switch digress. the show doc. I digress. <laughs> no, 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 no. Top twelve dynasty running backs. One of our favorite positions to talk about. I know this is John's favorite position. He is the running back guy on the pod. Just like last week, we're going to break down our top 12, talk about our consensus ranks, talk about where each of us have these guys ranked, and then kind of talk about uh, their outlook from a dynasty perspective. Fellas, number one, no surprises here. We are going with the man, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, what is there to say? 1,000 yards rushing, 1,000 yards receiving, uh, still super young. He can do everything you want your NFL running back to do. He can bang between the tackles, catch the football, obviously, an elite route runner out of the backfield. I mean, this guy is the total package. But I have one question for you guys in regards to the new situation developing. Obviously, now we have a new quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. We have a new offensive scheme and coach in Matt Rule and Joe Brady coming over from LSU. Uh, let's chat about what that does for CMC this season. Um, Good things. I, I, I don't see how it doesn't either stay neutral or get even a little bit better because that offense is going to be better than it was last year. Um, just because the quarterback situation was a dismal mess last year. And Teddy Bridgewater is, you know, your Andy Dalton level uh, maintenance quarterback, your Alex Smith of the olden days. Uh, I think he is a guy who is going to keep your offense functioning, keep your offense flowing, not going to be the guy they run it through. They're going to be running it through Christian McCaffrey. Uh, which is good for him, but is going to be good enough uh, to make that offense successful to put points on the board. So I think it's fine for Christian McCaffrey, if not great. I think he stays as good as he was. I will say, you know, he's not going to set the running back receptions record every year. I don't think. 
Um, he's one guy he who might. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not quite as sold on regression for him as I yeah. am for almost everybody else that I preach regression on. Right. He, he, I mean, he's just insane. And the way the league is going, it will not surprise me if the running back reception record gets broken every other year. And if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be him. Uh, but I, you know, I expect him to be more in the ninety to one hundred range, which is still insane than the 111 range or wherever he was last year. 121, no, 111, I forget. It was somewhere in that range, 110 to 120. What's that, receptions? Yeah. Yeah. Um, look it up. I know he got 142 targets. targets look up his yeah. receptions. 142 um, targets. Oh, yeah. So he's That's wide receiver he, one volume. He's simultaneously the safest running back and possibly the highest upside running back in a PPR league at the same time, which is insane. So I don't think there's any debate here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think about the the coaching change. We saw the offense for LSU. Um, Betts and I each broke down an LSU offensive player. They're both up on YouTube right now. Um, he had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I did Justin Jefferson. We saw what that offense looked like, how creative it is, how explosive it can be, the, the way that they focus on getting – their skill position players, the ball in space. Like it's, it's a great offense. It is the perfect offense for Christian McCaffrey because Clyde Edwards, Alaire had uh, what? 44. I think he had 44 catches. 55. Um, 55. Yeah. More than I thought. 55 is a a lot in college. That is a very, very very high volume for targets to the running back position. All the, I mean, it's only going to continue to do that. And they lined Clyde Edwards-Hilaire up all over the field. They were very creative with where he was. They line him up in the slot. They put him out wide. They get it to him on screens. They'd have him run routes and match up on a linebacker. I, I mean, all of these things that Christian McCaffrey does the best in the NFL, and you're going to put him in a perfect scheme for him. Yeah, there, there's no I, – I, I don't see a regression coming to him. I mean, maybe just – Maybe slightly, but I still think he's the safest bet to repeat as the running back one that we've seen in the last decade. Because normally you say, once they've been the running back one, they're probably not going to be it again the next year. We saw Gurley do it, and he was like the first one to do it in, I think, eight years, something like that. I I don't see a path where McCaffrey, barring, you know, please, fantasy gods, don't take our Christian McCaffrey, barring injury, uh, I don't see Christian McCaffrey not being the running back one. Yeah, and just to speak to the receptions total, 116 last year. Absolutely ridiculous. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and, you know, like you said, John, it's there's a reason Alvin Kamara has caught 81 balls in all three of his professional seasons. Obviously, last year, Joe Brady wasn't there. He was at LSU. But the years prior to that, when Alvin Kamara entered the NFL, he was an offensive assistant there. So getting the running back involved is something this offense is going to do. There's no better running back to be involved than Christian McCaffrey. Uh, obviously, our consensus uh, one at the running back position. Number two, again, no surprises for us. Saquon Barkley comes in at number two on our list. You could argue potentially maybe he's the one in some people's ranks. Uh, not for us, though. Saquon firmly entrenched as the two. Uh, guys, Saquon, I would say maybe the most talented running back in the league. Doesn't mean the scheme is the best or the offense is the best, but pure talent. Uh, the guy is absolutely a monster. What is there to say about Barkley? Uh, there's one thing to say for me, and it's that he's not my number two. 
Uh, you guys both have a number two. I actually have someone else at number two. Having said that, he's incredible. He's amazing. He He's certainly in the conversation for most talented. I think he might be the third most talented behind Christian McCaffrey and the guy, guy we're going to talk about next. Oh, um, you're insane. Get out of here. I, I, listen. Get out of here. We'll get to it when we get to the next guy. You're not. But this. he's very, very good. I don't think he's as good of a running back as the guy we're going to talk about next. And he's certainly not as oh. good of a receiver as Christian McCaffrey. Uh, but he is one of the best combos of both things. Uh, anyways, the my the only reason he's at three for me instead of two is I don't feel as confident about his team and his offense as I do about these other two guys. Um, it's fine. It should be okay. Hopefully, Daniel Jones develops a little bit. Uh, but I think the Giants are a bad team. I think they're not necessarily well coached. We'll see how things go in the future uh, because there's a change there as well. Uh, but it's just the organization... Gettleman. You don't think he's gonna be? You don't think they're gonna be well coached coming from the Patriots organization with Judge? I mean, every other assistant. Look at look at Bill O'Brien. <laughs> Is that what you want? I don't think so. Uh, the oh my god! I completely of, forgot he came from there. Have not done as well as. Uh, anyone else has done on the Patriots, which is normal because usually when people leave the Patriots, they get worse. Surprise. Let's be honest, um, though. Joe, let's be honest. Judge would be better at personnel than Gettleman. Probably. So it might not probably. be a bad idea for them to just give him the keys to the whole thing. Um, oh, but yeah, it, for me, it's just I don't quite trust the team as much as I trust the other two guys that we're going to talk about in the top three for us. But listen, Saquon's incredible. He's extremely talented, and he's going to be a top three running back for several years. Yeah. Um... You're wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> um, I, I mean, Saquon is ab absurd, absurdly talented as a runner. Um, his vi like the way that he combines everything about a run it is like artisan. It is gorgeous. I love watching him run. It's absolutely fantastic. I agree with you that the organization and the team are not that of the other two like yeah fully I, I i understand that but he's still overcome it and still been absolutely elite they have a young quarterback that they're developing i am very excited about the future of that quarterback i think that i think they got Ooh. it right i do i think they got it right in daniel Me jones too. i'm excited Me to too. see year two daniel jones um they have that going they've got a couple of young offensive weapons darius slayton Evan Ingram, if you can just stay healthy, dude. Like, please put it together. Because he's a fantastic tight end. Again, with tight ends. I don't know where the tight end theme came from today. Um, and I think that they're going to go out and they're going to get more weapons for him in the draft. Like, I, I think that they're going to get him, hopefully, a speed guy. I would love for them to get, like, a burner on the outside to just open the offense up even more and let Saquon work underneath as a running back, which is what he does so well. Saquon to me is firmly entrenched as the number two. Um, I think you can argue number one. I cannot argue number three. I think that Christian mm. McCaffrey and Saquon are in a stratosphere above the rest of the league in terms of potential future output and like ceiling to floor ratio for those two guys is so far above the rest of the league for me. Yeah, I'm with John on this one. That's why I have him at two. Since coming out of college at Penn State, all he's done is finish his RB3 and RB11. And last season was the RB11 season, playing on a high ankle sprain. 
for about a month and a half. So can we can we yeah. talk about his ankles real quick, Mister PT? Well, um, I'll tell you one thing: they're not as good as his quads. <laughs> That's oh, a fact. Quadzilla. His quads are as big as my entire body. <laughs> oh my gosh, Quadzilla! But yeah, what's what's your take on Saquon's injury? history and and outlook like i saw something and i can't remember the source unfortunately but i saw something that was saying that like lateral pressure on his ankles is not going to do him any favors in terms of the health of his ankles and that's something that he does a lot of he puts a lot of pressure on his ankles with the way that he wiggles and maneuvers and and tries to cut so I, i don't know if i'm off base there i'm not the physical therapist on this pod but I'm just wondering kind of what your what your thoughts are on, on his ankles. Yeah, I mean, the guy moves, like, with extreme change of direction and extreme changes in speed. Like, I remember just that one college run against Iowa where he's running down the left-hand sideline, sticks his foot in the ground and comes to a dead stop, lets the, the linebacker just blow by him and then keeps going. And, like, those types of movements, obviously, um, inherent with the sport, predispose you to knee and ankle injuries. But for Saquon, his high ankle sprain didn't come because of how he was running he got tackled by a linebacker falling on the outside of his lower leg causing the ankle to rotate laterally causing that high ankle sprain so you know it's it's kind of a mute point honestly he's gonna play the way he plays and he's um strong as hell honestly and and strength is one of the biggest uh things that you can do to build up to prevent injury and that sort of thing so yeah i'm not super concerned i think he's gonna be fully back to 100 percent when it gets to uh, the team's off-season program, if they ever get there, and week one of this season, for sure. So not really a, a huge concern for me. But one mild concern I was going to speak to, and I don't know if you guys want to touch on this or not before I move on, is just um, there is a little bit of concern about the reception volume that he saw last year. I put it in the top 12 Dynasty running back article on the website, redshirtsfantasyfootball.com. And in that article, I mentioned 7.6 targets per game with Eli Manning in 2018. Just 5.6 last year. I think part of that's just young quarterback. Um, And and I think that that coaching staff is going to continue to go, hey, listen, your best option, like, is this guy. Like, this is your probably your number two read on almost every single play, if not your one when they're specifically designing things to get the ball into his hands. So um, I hear what you're saying, and Eli was a checkdown monster. I, I mean... He was so oh, good yeah. at it and so yeah. proficient. He was the first it, read. He's Derek he w- Carr over there. <laughs> yeah, it's like he didn't even look. He just kind of like went, mm, and then just dump just every single time <laughs> to Saquon. Um, so I don't know. I think that's interesting. I think that's worth kind of monitoring going forward. Um, but I would expect the coaching staff to get with Daniel Jones and be like, when you get the ball into this guy's hands, really good things happen. So you should probably do that a little bit more. Um, and get him the ball in space and let him, you know, create 20, 30 yards or just house it on nothing because that's the kind of skill that he possesses. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys, on to number three, Dalvin Cook coming in at our third-ranked running back thanks to Mr. Okada. Uh, John and I have him at four and five. Okada is at two above Saquon Barkley, incorrectly, might I add. Uh, And... (laughs) Obviously, that elevates our consensus rank here to number three on Davin. Uh, Okada, the floor is yours. Uh, okay, first of all, Davin Cook is the best running running back in the NFL. Oh, yeah, you can come at me if you want. Ooh. 
but he is he has better vision than everyone we've mentioned so far may actually have the best vision in the league certainly better than saquon and i think he's actually more explosive than possibly anybody as well uh he has better big play potential than probably any of these guys uh but most I'm importantly <laughs> he has the most reliable offense with the most talent around him Except and the most Diggs. reliable quarterback of all of these guys. Even with Diggs gone, they have Adam Thielen, who is a true wide receiver one, a couple great tight ends, and it, and the most by far most reliable quarterback we've mentioned so far in Kirk Cousins. And honestly, Kirk Cousins may be the perfect quarterback for my running back because he yep. is a, he's very good. And he can support a very good offense, but at the same time, he's not a Matthew Stafford. He's not a Matt Ryan. He's not a guy who's going to take over the game by himself, usually. But he's still going to command a very good offense that puts the, the running back in a lot of positions to score. And he has the best defense of any of the guys we've mentioned so far. Probably by a lot. But, listen. I, okay, I'm, I'm just going to check real quick where his points per game ranked last year. Just because you guys are so Oh, what is this? That's strange. <laughs> he averaged 20.9 fantasy points per game in PPR, second in the NFL behind only Christian McCaffrey. And what's <laughs> this? Two loser. points per game more than Saquon Barkley, who was five spots lower in you points with per the high game. Ankle sprain all year, bro. Listen, <laughs> if it's Dude. a high ankle sprain, let, Dalvin Cook had multiple torn ACLs or terrible knee injuries, and he came yeah. back to a, a incredible season. He did. And he and and Saquon Barkley has doo-doo around him. Diddly squat. The entire team, the entire def, uh, defense on the other side of the ball from him knows they can key in on Saquon Barkley. They cannot do it, that with Dalvin Cook and the Vikings. It, and that makes a huge difference. Like Saquon has does have does he have a little bit more talent? Yes. Maybe uh, in open space, yes. I probably like him a little bit better to make a guy miss. But other than that, I probably like Dalvin Cook better on most other points of the running back game. But th that small gap does not matter enough when you're talking about this much of difference in team. Better quarterback, better offensive line, better defense, better weapons on the outside, better run organization. In almost every other way, he is more reliable to me and a better choice than Saquon Barkley. So it's not even honestly close for me. I'm considering putting Saquon below Zeke, who is my four, what? but not our four. I don't know what we'll, to tell we'll you guys. We'll team matters we'll so much to running back, more than potentially any other position. So Dalvin Cook is my two. It's not that close. You guys can come at me if you want, but he was the two in points per game last year. So I don't really know what legs you're standing on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, Saquon's. So for me, I'm standing on Saquon's legs. <laughs> beautiful quads of Saquon Barkley is what we're standing. That would on. help if his ankles weren't so weak and he was falling over. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, buddy, I I can't help you. Um, I I can do nothing for you at this point. Um, well, okay, so Okada, your argument was perfect for redraft because I said before we started recording, when I looked at our consensus ranks, I was like, man. I might even rank Dalvin at two in redraft, but in dynasty, there's an extra year for Saquon Barkley. Uh, and we know running back life, shelf life is so short. Obviously, he came into the league a year after. Major injury concerns. Obviously, the ACL, like you talked about, recurring hamstring issues two seasons ago almost caused him to basically play like four games. Recurring shoulder injuries, multiple last year, a couple in college. I mean, 
you know, I don't like to, to say people are injury prone, but he does have a couple injuries in his history that worry me more than Saquon Barkley. So that's one reason I'm giving the knock to Saquon. The other reason is the contract situation. Now this could change yeah. in a day or two days or a week, but Dalvin is an unrestricted free agent in 2021. This is his last year under contract. Is there a scenario that plays out where they say, all right, Dalvin, you've been dealing with injuries in your college career. You've dealt with injuries in the pros. We're going to ride you into the ground and then you're gone. That's a realistic scenario. Absolutely. I'm just saying it could happen. It could happen. Yeah, I, could. I I could really see that happening. I honestly could. You look around the league at running backs on their second contracts that got paid. How are they doing? Like, other than Zeke doing okay on his, we Zeke's just saw. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love him. I hate the Cowboys, but I love Zeke. Um, but well, I love Zeke the running back. I can't stand him as a person, but besides the point. You look at David Johnson, gone, Todd Gurley, gone, Melvin Gordon, gone, Leonard Fournette, maybe on his way via trade. Um, That entire 2017 draft class uh, is coming up. And what's that going to look like? What is that market going to look like? I don't know that a team that just traded away... I don't know. It's an entire debate as to Thielen or Diggs, who is the better receiver there. They're both very, very talented in very different ways. Um, but a very, very good wide receiver. Safe to call him a top 15 wide receiver in the league in Stephon Diggs, talent-wise. Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah, around 15. There. Yeah. They traded him away for a bunch of draft picks. I don't know. It kind of feels like they're, they signed Kirk Cousins. They gave him another extension. It yep. kind of feels like they're going to retool around Cousins. I don't know that Cooks is, is going to get the bag from, from Minnesota. So, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think there is a chance. His injury history does really concern me. Now, you're the injury guy. But personally, I've owned him twice over the last three years, and it has killed me both times. He disappeared for the playoffs last year. He was hurt for the fantasy playoffs. And yep. that killed me i was the number one seed absolutely killing it going into the playoffs and then he gets hurt again like he seems to always do and i got bounced in the semifinals so i think that's a that's a legit point like owners are gonna have that viewpoint when we talk about redraft and season-long leagues i think people are gonna feel that burn by dalvin in the playoffs when it mattered most but that's but that's i feel like that's unfair bias like Saquon missed more games and was unhealthy in yeah. more of the games he played for one it year. Just so happens that Dalvin's cur- injury happened at the end in the playoffs, and Saquon. Well, that matters that more to, matter. to fantasy owners. It does. Well, yeah, but but that doesn't tell you anything about the right. Future. It's flu. It's no, like that's no, just no I'm not saying that. Happenstance. Yeah, it's right. fluky timing, and I and I get that. But what I'm saying is that he's been hurt every year that he's been in the NFL. He's been hurt every year. He's had something. Saquon had a linebacker rolled up on his ankle. Okay. It could happen to anybody. The something about Dalvin cooks and the way that he runs and we see it happen all the time. There are running backs that just get hurt more than others. Like it's something about their body, the way that it's built, the way that they're put together, the way that they run the combination of everything, maybe how they brace for contact or don't, I, I don't know, but there are running backs that just invite more injuries than others. Dalvin has been hurt every single season. 
Now, I still really like Dalvin Cook as a talent, and he was dynamite this last season when he was on the field. Absolutely. I still have him in my top five. That's all I'll say. But he's not better than Saquon. Like, on a talent standpoint, he's not. On a health standpoint, he's not. On a future outlook with his contract, he's not. He's not better. He's on a better team, and I give you that, but he is not better than Saquon. Like, period. End of story. Mm. Diatribe over. Hmm. Hmm. All right, listeners, you gotta you gotta make the call here. Obviously, we're torn. And again, we all would love to have this guy on our. That roster. is a very passive approach by you, Betts. Just listen. I will say you. to be very fair. No, I am in the minority. <laughs> the vast majority of people will say Saquon is better. They're yes. wrong, but they're still in the majority. So, well, what I was gonna I, say I, is, I buy that. That's a very fair point to bring up. Um, and I will say this. I think this is important, actually, really important to these arguments that has nothing to do with the players. I think that I'm a little bit more... Uh, I have a smaller window for running backs than maybe you guys and maybe even anyone. Like, yeah. when I play running backs in Dynasty, it almost is redraft for me. It's maybe a two-year window at most. I'm not playing the three- to four-year window with running backs. It doesn't work. It Unless you're drafting a rookie, I don't care what three years down the line looks like. I care about right now and maybe next year. But I'm almost literally playing redraft with my running backs in Dynasty because of how much everything changes for them year over year. Right. It matters. It, they are gone from... We, we saw it from Todd Gurley. They are gone from number one to complete nothing if the offense changes a little bit, if they get one injury that changes the amount of carries they get... Or if they, they finish up their contract and get signed somewhere else. And I do feel like, by the way, to Betts' point, that Dalvin Cook is more likely than most to get re-signed by his own team. I think he's very valuable to that team. And I like the way they run the organization, so I think they'll do that right. But regardless, I, I'm pretty much playing a one, one-and-a-half-year window with my running backs. So it doesn't surprise <laughs> me necessarily that I'm putting Dalvin higher, considering what you guys said about him being maybe more of a redraft high than a dynasty high. So I'll just throw that out there. Yeah, I think that that's a really valid uh, really valid point when looking at dynasty roster construction. I mean, I love running backs, obviously. Um, but when I'm drafting, uh, I want to try to get like one really solid kind of win now running back near the top, like in the first four rounds. And other than that, I'm locking up quarterback and young stud wide receivers. Like this, this draft that we're in right now is Russell Wilson... Tyreek Hill, uh, DK Metcalf, and Aaron Jones is my first four rounds. Mm. Actually, well, Aaron Jones is at the back of the three, and then Superflex, obviously. Early. Yeah, Superflex. Important but, to point that out. Yes, yeah, Superflex. Very important to point out. But I have two. I have one like already arrived superstar wide receiver in Tyreek Hill, which I always want to get one of them, and then I want my wide receiver two. If I can't get another like already arrived stud. I want a guy that is younger with the upside to get there, like DK Metcalf for me, I think can be a top 12 wide receiver in this league at some point. I think he can get there. So that's how I do roster construction. Even me, I, I'm with you. I drafted Aaron Jones for like basically this year, like essentially, maybe the year right. after as well. And then I'll look at filling in some younger running backs behind him and probably try to trade. If, if my team ends up being in contention, then I'm like, okay, I'm all in on winning now, and I'm going to trade for another now running back, like maybe a Dalvin Cook, 
you know, to try to put it over the top and get that ship this year and then maybe trade them off after the season. So, yeah, I, I get what you're saying on that for sure. Yeah, that's a great conversation. Uh, all that Dalvin versus Saquon running back instruction and dynasty. This is all awesome content. And listeners, what I was going to say is I am firmly entrenched on Saquon over Dalvin. I'm not mm-hmm. taking the middle ground, but I want our listeners to give us some feedback. Okay. So on YouTube, comment uh, on Twitter, of course, Instagram, just you know, give us your thoughts. Who would you prefer in Dynasty? Okada, you have a point to make? Uh, not so much a point, but can I just say that we are 40 minutes into this podcast and I know. three running backs in. <laughs> I, I would like to formally propose that we only do the top six and we save the next six for the next podcast. That because is, we either Let's talk like two minutes on the yeah. remaining nine or we get into the rest of the guys that we in the top six deep like we have with Dalvin and Saquon. <laughs> I'm, I'm right, for we'll it. Do, I'm good. We'll do top six. All right, that cool, way cool, we cool. can all talk as much as we want to. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into uh, our fifth uh, running back, though, fourth. I do want to let everyone know. No, no. Oh, fourth. Yeah, fourth. I'm sorry. Fourth. Fourth. I looked ahead. Uh, I do want to let everyone know that we have a sponsor of today's show mm. that has been supporting the podcast. We love tinywhiteboardworkouts.com. Guys, you are stuck in the house. You can't go to the gym. What are you going to do? You're going to work gonna out happen. with a personal trainer who is going to help you get absolutely freaking ripped. Shred! <laughs> tinywhiteboardworkouts.com is going to help you do that. My friend John is a personal trainer. Knows his stuff, knows what he's doing. Uh, No, not John Helmkamp. Mm. Uh, And he is going to hook you up because we know the times are rough financially for a lot of folks out there. So what he's doing is offering you buy one month of training with him. You get the second month free. So check it out. Really, really good deal. Uh, And you can find him online, of course, tinywhiteboardworkouts.com or on Instagram at tinywhiteboardworkouts. Um, right, I would like to, I would like to say real quick that we should at a friend of the show Jason Moore on Twitter because I saw a tweet from him today which I think should be how the majority of people are feeling right now that said that he was the fattest he'd ever been and will probably break his own record tomorrow because of COVID. Listen, this is a pandemic that has got us all stuck in our houses not exercising. Nobody wants to get fat. Go check out Tiny Whiteboard Workouts and uh, Jason Moore. We will hit you up and you can be. As buff and sleek as Matthew Betts, who clearly uses this because he's looking mighty fine. <laughs> Thank you, Okada. Before we started recording, uh, we did let everyone or let each other know what we were drinking tonight. Uh, I'm not drinking whiskey like these gentlemen. I-, I wish I was. I'm out, unfortunately. So vodka water with a splash of lemon. Trying to stay empty, nice, and, uh, <laughs> nice and <laughs> working out at home. Uh, absolutely. Great point, Okada. All right, guys. On to number four. <laughs> Alvin Kamara, <laughs> as Okada refills his whiskey, Alvin Kamara comes perfect. in at number four in our ranks. Guys, I mentioned it, 81 receptions in each of his first three seasons. Um, he is essentially what a PPR running back was before Christian McCaffrey became what he is. Uh, obviously, still very, very good. But again, in Dynasty, I have a little bit of concern, and mostly it's around the offense Drew Brees, this is his last year. They just signed Emmanuel Sanders. And, oh, yeah. And now we have Taysom Hill as potentially the heir apparent to Drew Brees. Ooh. I mean, there's question marks everywhere in this offense beyond 2020. So with that being said, guys, let's chat about Alvin Kamara. Oh, Alvin Kamara is a tough one for me. He's probably one of the toughest guys in my top five. Uh, he actually he actually is fifth for me, so you guys bumped him up to four a little bit. Uh, he would have been below a couple of guys otherwise for me. Well, one guy that we haven't mentioned. Um, 
I will say this, and I think this is important for people to hear. Right now, he feels a little bit less valuable than the other guys we've talked about. And to a lot of people, including me, actually, the next guy we're going to talk about, the guy who's at five for us, I think a lot of that is because of touchdowns. Last year, he had eight, six, six scrimmage touchdowns. Well, hold on. He went like two and a half months without yeah. scoring. Like it was, yeah, he was. It was. So I played weird. him in DFS every single week, waiting he for the was rebound. Not scoring a touchdown because it was bound to happen. The amount of work uh, uh, he was getting, 100%. the amount of receptions, it had to happen. Yeah, it never did. You're one, thirteen touchdowns. You're two, eighteen touchdowns. To see that drop to six is it, it, horrific and not to be expected. No, this was a fluke. This offense is too good. Uh, certainly under Drew Brees, we'll see what happens if and when the quarterback situation changes. Um, but even if even if and when it does, I kind of trust Sean Payton enough to figure things out. I trust Michael Thomas enough uh, to, to be able to keep an offense flowing no matter what. We saw what Teddy Bridgewater did with this team in this offense mm-hmm. when Drew Brees was out. That's a that's a nearly replacement level guy, maybe a little bit above. But, uh, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is a, is a middle of the league average guy. So all they have to find is that to keep this offense functioning. Alvin Kamara's touchdowns are going to bounce back. He he was up there with Todd Gurley as the most reliable touchdown scorers in the league for the past couple of years. And last week, I think, was a fluke. So don't let that poison your mind on ranking him. Now, to be fair, it poisoned mine because I dropped him all the way down to five, which is lower than any of us. So maybe I need to think about it again. But I think he is a guy who is going to bounce back this year. I think we're going to see him return to elite status that we maybe didn't see last year. And I don't want to forget about him too much. So he's 100% top five. He is reliable. He is going to be a PPR monster and is going to score more touchdowns. I think to Betts' point, the one question is the quarterback situation. But like I said, I, I think that I trust Sean Payton and the other pieces on that offense and the team in general, which is a very well-run organization, to be able to make up the slack pretty quickly and pretty easily. And I think Alvin's a top five guy still. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, that's a great point in regards yeah. to just the... I was going to say in regards to Sean Payton, because I think that's a, a very, very important thing to talk about with the Saints in general and the running backs. I mean, you talk about what has happened with the running back position in fantasy for, what, like a decade. They are ranked inside the top 10 in fantasy points at the yep. running back position year after yep. year after year after year, and it doesn't matter who's back there. So, I mean, we saw Latavius Murray have a couple of top five performances this year when Kamara was out with that high ankle sprain. So yeah, the offensive system is going to work. And I think in redraft leagues, Alvin Kamara, even though he'll probably go in the first round, it sounds silly to say because there's not much value in round one, but he might be a value in round one because I think he's going to drop to the back end end of the first. And if that happens, I mean, he could legitimately finish as the RB one that's within his range of outcomes. So, um, I like that call in regards to Sean Payton. I think that's a good call. He's very, very reliable for fantasy. Yeah, I mean, this touchdown, massive, massive regression um, is too much of an outlier for it not to bounce back. Like, it it was so bizarre to watch him go. I remember watching a game, a Saints game, late in the season, and um, I think it was Tony Romo that was on the call on the CBS game, and he was like, yeah, and Alvin Kamara hasn't scored a touchdown since week, like, I think it was three or four, something like that. And and it hadn't clicked for me because I don't own him anywhere. I hadn't realized that he hadn't scored at all. Like, I knew his numbers were down, 
but I didn't realize that he was standing in the middle of the desert. Like it was so weird to hear him say, I was, I was rocked back in my seat. I was like, what? It's been like nine weeks since Alvin Kamara scored a touchdown. That doesn't happen. Like, so yeah, I completely agree with you that being the running back one, not likely, but in the range of outcomes, sure, because he's a PPR monster. Um, and if he can bounce back to his touchdown numbers that we're used to seeing, um, he should be firmly planted as a top five running back, in my opinion. Uh, I just pulled up the game logs. I just had to <laughs> exactly <yeah>. confirm. Yeah. <laughs> he scored in three games. Yeah. yeah. Three games. Every game he scored, he scored two touchdowns, but he only scored in three games all year. That's absurd. That is so what was the gap? Absurd. Nine games. Gap? You you had it nine. exactly right. It was cool. nine. Yeah, the long streak was nine games. That's not going to happen, guys. That's he is insane. going to score in 10 games, maybe? Maybe yeah. more. And some of them are really multiple touchdown games. Right. The, 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 this was one of the biggest flukes potentially of the whole year. Expected to bounce back. Maybe Kamara is a buy guy right now. I was just like say with that. the Drew Brees concern, with the yeah. bad touchdown situation. I don't know where his price is. It's certainly lower than the three guys we've mentioned before him, and probably even I would say lower than the next guy. Agreed. And probably even lower than number six for us. I would maybe think. Hmm. So uh, it might be worth trying to go out and buy him right now, seeing what the price is at least. Yeah, it's, let me pose it's it to you guys this way. If we're talking Ooh. about the 2020 class, which we know Ooh. is sick, <laughs> has Jonathan Taylor. Oh boy. Uh, let's say 103 in a one quarterback league. Would you take Alvin Kamara or the 103? Oh, Alvin Kamara. Right now? Right now, today. Yeah, right now I, I still take Kamara. I need to know where he, the, the guys land before I'm willing to trade a pick like that. But if Jonathan Taylor goes to a good team, maybe if DeAndre Swift goes to a good situation, I would probably switch over to those guys pretty quickly because if you have the 1.0 that's about right if you have the 1.03 in a one quarterback league do we expect it to go running back running back one two or do we think that cd lamb or jerry judy could be in play at either the 101 or the 102 no in, in, i think in a single quarterback i think swift taylor are going to be okay. the one two in most in most leagues i think so too although i'm not saying that's correct or anything like that i'm just saying sure. I think that's how it mostly will go but yeah. if CD if CD Lamb goes to Arizona, oh. like God. if that if this hype dream uh, Kyler is the one hundred and one in redraft leagues, that's all I'd say about that. <laughs> if this pipe Not dream really, happens, guys, do is that is that possible? That I mean, there's I, play at the top. Two? I don't actually you know could... necessarily if Arizona is as good for CD. As it is for Kyler in Arizona, I agree because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not necessarily a place where he's going to get like 120. Well, because DeAndre targets. Hopkins is there, exactly. Yeah. So th- that may lower his stock for me, honestly, at this point. Although I still want it to happen because it would raise Kyler's so stock, fun. and I care about yeah. that more. Uh, but yeah, it, if he goes to, I don't know, what's the number one wide receiver landing spot right now? Philly. Philly is yeah, a good one. I that's mean, probably up there. The Jets have no one. Not that yeah, but they don't. Have, they have fantasy. Darnold versus Wentz. I definitely, right. I definitely prefer Philly. Green Bay, Oakland's good. Green Bay's solid, but they're not. That guy's not going to be the one if he goes right. there. I think. Yeah, I think Philly, Philly's probably in the conversation. Philly, you could be the one as early as this year. Yeah, if CD goes to Philly, CD to Philly if, with a with a top 
six-ish quarterback, six to eight quarterback. Yeah, yeah. If CD goes to, we're so off track. But if CD <laughs> goes to Philly and like it's DeAndre the Swift goes no rules. to, uh, I don't know, a place with another like uh, uh, Atlanta. Yeah. If DeAndre Swift goes to Atlanta, which actually a very realistic situation by the way, could happen. Uh, Georgia and um, CD goes to Philly. I'm probably taking CD over DeAndre Swift at two. Yeah, so most likely it's going to be running back, running back, receiver, or running back, receiver, running back. Some yeah. sort of mixture of that. But so as going as back, as 103 is the kind of the line for Kamara, you guys would say? Yeah, but that's that's what I kind of wanted to come back to because um, I don't know that just one first-round draft pick is enough to get it done for Alvin Kamara. Like, if, if you were to offer a 1.05 to someone for Alvin Kamara... Don't no Alvin Kamara. They're going to keep Alvin Kamara. Like, I but a one hundred and one would probably get Alvin Kamara. Yeah, I I, I think that one hundred and one would probably get it done. Uh, but yeah, I have so one hundred and one, and I'm not selling him for Kamara. Well, you were getting Jonathan Taylor. That like, you're you, so that's not really <laughs> a fair conversation. But no, no, I agree with you. Like, it, it, just a first is not good enough to get a Kamara. It depends on where it is. If you get below the three range, it's going to take more than just that first to get him. Yeah. I think you're right there. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys. Good conversation there on Kamara and apparently CeeDee Lamb. Uh, <laughs> on to running back five in our ranks, Ezekiel Elliott. Guys, what is there to say? I mean, the guy just signed a massive contract, six years, $90 million, reset the running back market. Uh, was that the right move? Probably not. But for now, we'll take it in Dynasty because he is the focal point of the offense behind a very, very good offensive line. However, they did just lose Travis Frederick yeah. to retirement at the age of yep. 29 this past year. Um, so Shocking. that's a, a knock on Zeke for sure. The other concern I have with Zeke, guys, and I want to talk a lot about the offense, is they have not signed Dak Prescott to a long-term deal, and no. Mike McCarthy is now the new head coach. True. There was a free Aaron Jones movement two years ago for a reason. Is Zeke going to be forgotten about? In this offense. I'll tell you what. I'm going to interject with something off topic so that Okada can gather his oh thoughts. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I have to, though, because we talked about it earlier. Oh, in the God. draft that we're doing, Travis Kelsey finally went 4-10. Travis wow. Kelsey lasted to the 4.10. So, anyways, that is a steal. People that went in front of him, Cooper Cup, DJ Shark. Wow! Devin Singletary, Kenyon Drake, Allen Robinson, Stephon Diggs, Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf, Keenan Allen. I buy I buy cool. a lot of those. I don't buy DJ Chark. Shame on whoever did no. that. Yeah, DJ, that's a reach. And we love um, you, Patreon listeners that are listening and true, just true, true, DJ true. Shark in the fourth round, but um, probably not advised. <laughs> wouldn't have been um, us. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't have been us. So um, anyways. Okay, so uh, for Zeke, I will say this. Uh, he's he's a four for me, just ahead of Kamara. Um, I think he's probably one of the most safe guys to rely on for a number of years. I trust that organization. I trust that offense. I do think they get Dak re-signed. They've recently reopened talks. This news has come out recently that you know they franchise tagged him for this year, but they're they haven't stopped talking. They're still having contract talks. I think that they're going to try to lock him up, and it really makes sense for them to do that if they can. Based on his price point, which, come on, Dak, just take the thirty million that you deserve, maybe thirty-two. I'll give you that. No, don't. You're not getting no, forty. Get out of my but face. He, but it's a smart move by him. Oh yeah, Why would I you mean, settle to a degree, yes. But 
take what you he deserve. He knows what Pat Mahomes is going to do next year. Okay. Like, in any case, in any case, Zeke is locked up, but he's still young enough and good enough to uh, that I trust him for multiple years. So he's in a really good place, actually, compared to like what John you brought up about Dalvin Cook, or maybe it was, yeah, it was both of you guys mm-hmm. saying that Dalvin Cook's contract situation is coming up. We don't necessarily know what's going to happen, and uh, but at the same time, Zeke is kind of like those young guys who has we know we were, he's there for several years. But we know he's still young enough that we can rely on him for a few years at least to output great talent and great production. So I really like where Zeke's at. I think it's a very safe place to be. I do trust them to get Dak re-signed. They've got Amari Cooper. They've got a young Michael Gallup. They still have a good offensive line, even though Travis Frederick is gone. I think they'll be fine there. Certainly league average, if not better. Everything that around him, I think, is solid. I think he's extremely talented. We saw how good of a receiver he has become, especially yeah. with Amari Cooper in the lineup. I, I, the more we talk about this, the more I'm considering moving moving Zeke above Saquon Barkley. Oh, dude. Wow. Oh, I don't know, guys. Listen, he has more years left on his current contract than Saquon does. What do you want from me? Like, he's the only running back that has that many years left. Exactly. He has he has more years of known reliability, I feel like, with his team than almost anybody except a rookie. Oh, well, are there let me put it this way too. Are there any off the field concerns for you? I think that's done. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I was just I'm not saying I agree. It. I'm just saying yeah. I'm putting that out there. Like I, I there was a time where I was pretty concerned that this was gonna be an ongoing and long term thing. I feel pretty okay right now. I think maybe he's getting his contract helps with that. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I, I trust Zeke a lot. I think he's a top five lock. Man, I might have to put him if you put him, guys. I I can't. At Matt Okada when you want to unfollow Do it. Uh, on Twitter. Do it, guys. I don't know. <laughs> Please I mean, continue to follow the podcast. Just unfollow Okada. It's okay. You can <laughs> okay. You can do that. That's fine. He's a better running back than Saquon Barkley from a running perspective. Do you guys oh, disagree? I- I disagree. Uh, you guys, uh, I think you guys are poisoned by how good Saquon is as a receiver and how good he was in college. I honestly think you guys are not looking at this right. I oh think on tape, he is not a good a ru- as running back as Zeke or Dalvin Cook. He's an incredible receiver, but from I'm a run a game perspective, right uh, please. And, and you Just need to word it. As That's, a, you as need a to word pure this. Running pure running, running back. Pure yes. runner. You pure need runner like. who is the best. And put these, put these five. Uh, you who can't put five is guys. a... Better no, your put, runner. Replace Camara or take out Camara and put our top five. No, no, no. I don't. I don't Barkley. want. I don't want CMC in it. I want them to choose. Okay, that's between, fair. That's fair. I want them to choose between like those four. I want Barkley, it to be Cook, Elliot, and Chubb? Camara. Camara. Uh, yeah, maybe. From I a might take Chubb over Camara too. Yeah, yeah, from yeah. From a running standpoint, maybe. Guys, this podcast right. is so on. not on track. It, yes, we are it is. all over the place. This is perfectly um, on track. We're creating a pull in the middle of the pot. Anyways. It's what we do. It's content. Yeah. I, I've um, talked too much about it's Zeke. It's the off-season Okada. That's true. That's a very fair point. We are off in the off-season. <laughs> In-season will be more and, on. on uh, yeah. Also, people have time. We are all stuck at home doing nothing. Um, but yeah, I love Zeke. I think he's extremely reliable. Possibly one of the most reliable in our top five. Uh, yeah. Give me Zeke. Okay, so you're insane. Um, okay, but where do you I have him? You have, have him at three. three. Yeah. I what do. do you mean? Because I have Dalvin Cook at five. You putz. Okay, but <laughs> you feel just as goodly, if not better, about Zeke than I do. No, and I love oh Zeke. Oh my god. But you saying like 
we're we're in agreement on all the things that you're saying about Zeke. I'm sitting here going, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. yep, okay. agreed, yep. And then you go, I think I'm going to put him above Saquon and leave okay, Dalvin okay, Cook okay. where Dalvin Cook is. And I'm like, I, I, dude, I, I buy that. what are well, you doing? fellas, <clears throat> the poll was just posted about 40 seconds ago. <laughs> Currently, we have 14 votes as of, as of right now. 43% Saquon, 7% Zeke, 28% Dalvin, 21% Nick Chubb. Wow. I'm very right, curious me, to watch we'll that see. tweet this way I'm quick. curious to watch that. The good news on. is our listeners can look back on the poll because I only said it for 24 hours. So this podcast is going to yep. come out on Monday morning. So by the time you're listening to this, go back. It's on my Twitter at the Fantasy PT. You'll be able to find the results there. Uh, but man, Comment and tell uh, Okada listen, how insane he is. Please do. Guys, let's, let's move on. Number okay. six. Fine. Nick Chubb. Yep. Nick Chubb comes in at number six for us in our dynasty rankings at the running back position. And Okada and me, we're in simpatico with this one, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, one of us is not. Oh. That name is John. Yeah. He is at I am, 10. I am not. Jonathan. Running back 10 in yeah, his ranks. Not. Okada and I both have him at six. John, what's going on, buddy? All right. So first and foremost, Okada, my name is not Jonathan. How dare you? Okay, um, fair enough. It's <laughs> no H. I know, so I, I know. Like I guess that. My parents so don't birth know how to certificate spell. is straight up John? No. Yes. No. Okay. It's not Jonathan. It's straight oh, up Joe. Right. Fun fact. My parents don't know how to spell. Apparently, it's it's fine. Um, everyone, I've had this conversation a thousand times in my life. Honestly, Anyways, l- listen. Hold on. Let's be fair, John. Your parents know how to spell, and no one else does. Because, Thank you. Yeah, what H is that no H sense. doing there? John. That H makes no sense. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah. dumb. J O N makes perfect sense. I appreciate it. Thank Continue. you. Love it. Um, so, Nick Chubb. Um, here's the thing. I am very, and we've talked about this, very, very, very concerned about Kareem Hunt uh, in that backfield. I am very concerned. So, I have him at 10. It took everything on my power to keep him inside the top 12. I was borderline having him at like 13. Like I was so close to leaving him completely off my RB one dynasty rankings um, because of system with Stefanski because of Kareem hunt, the splits when hunt is there and active were you think the shocking. system is a negative. I absolutely think the system is a negative um, because Boy, they, you tripping. why am I tripping? Because why? this is a system that really likes to have one running back on the field at a time but they have Kareem Hunt there too, and they're not just gonna not get him touches. True. Like they're just they're not gonna let him just sit and rot. He's mm. he's he's not Alexander Madison. Like I like Madison no. as a future prospect. Like sure, late round stash, absolutely take it because maybe doubt they decide to part ways with Dalvin Cook and Madison walks into the lead gig in a couple years. Could could be, or next year even. But Kareem Hunt, off field issues aside, Kareem Hunt is a very talented running back. Yes. Very, very good. I don't know that he's any worse than Chubb. Like, I don't know that he's a worse talented running back than Chubb is. They have all two, around? Like all around. He's yeah. a better he's a better pass catcher. I buy that. Um like all around talent. They have two ones. I honestly kind of don't know what they're doing because I feel like they should have traded him to get something else for the team. Like I, I and maybe they still do. Well, the, like I, the I off the field though, the traffic incident with the marijuana, they yeah. might not have been able to. So it's true. It's very that's true. That's a good point. The off field issues are are concerning. Um, 
but they have two ones. And this is an offensive system, we've talked about it, that runs 12 personnel, one running back, two tight ends, two wide receivers. They've got the two wide receivers. They just brought in Austin Hooper. They've got their two tight ends. Oh. They've got only one running back on the field at a time. Chubb's not going to have 80% of the carries. Like, it's just not what's going to happen. What's this going to be, 60-40? If you're talking splits with with Hunt carving out that much of a role, which I think he does, like, he's going to be the pass-down guy. Like, he's much more proficient in passing work than Chubb is. If Chubb is losing out on touches like that, regardless of how talented he is, I am very concerned that we're looking at Chubb being, like, a mid RB two this next year. Like I, Ooh. I really think. Wow. If you tell me that Chubb finishes wow. at RB fourteen, oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> if Chubb finishes RB fourteen or lower, I'm not gonna be surprised. Like I, I'm not going to be shocked if that happens. Um. First of all, that that last point is. Very fair. We talked about it on one of our free agency uh, reaction pods when the Browns uh, tendered Kareem Hunt. Yeah. And I brought up a tweet from, I believe it was Michelle. No, was it? Yeah, it was Michelle. I think it was was Michelle. Michelle. Majuk. Oh, yeah, Majuk. Showing that uh, that Chubb was in that range when Hunt was on the field. That is very fair. And I I will say this, John, to your point. To me, he is a a fat tier below the the five that we've mentioned before. I think that those yeah. five guys are a, a a sizable tier above him. There there are tiers within that tier as well, but but Chubb is the beginning of a of a following yeah, tier. It big, kind of maybe may even be a tier on his own. Having said that, I could not get him down lower than 6 like you did. I could not get him down to 10, which is where you have him by the way, which is wouldn't be quite me. Quite low. Yeah. Um, like I like the guys behind him, but there, I could not put him above the, or below those guys in dynasty. So I'm in a weird place as kind of like agreeing with you and not agreeing with you because he feels like a 10 compared to Zeke at a four or Kamara at a five for me. Um, but he doesn't feel lower than those other guys. Like I, I believe that 10 is the right place for him, but there's not a, three or four other guys that I can put above him to where he gets at 10 for me. So it's tough. let me let me now, put it this way for you too though yeah, because go for it every single year rookies come in and they That's carve true. out roles in that That's top a tier very good point every single year if you're Listen, telling me that there are three running backs that could be inside the top twelve that are rookies I'd totally yeah. buy it pushing Chubb uh, down the list I'd absolutely buy it if you put Jonathan Taylor on the Bucks and DeAndre Swift on well, I don't know what's our second best uh, running back landing spot right now. Um, Falcons, Seahawks. No, no, no! Don't give me the Falcons. Seahawks is decent. I don't know. Is there another place with a great open spot? Maybe not. But okay, let's just let's just say Jonathan Taylor on the Bucks. If you took Jonathan Taylor on the Bucks, he maybe goes above Nick Chubb for me. He's he goes into the top ten immediately in Dynasty, and he maybe gets high enough to bump Chubb down. He's in that tier for sure. Um, okay, who so is? Yeah, because my my headphones just cut out. And oh, came Jonathan back. Taylor on the Bucks. If Jonathan Taylor goes to the Bucks, John would die. He, I think he's in the conversation to jump Chubb for me. Uh, here's something I will say, and this time you guys don't get to sass me as much because the last time I looked at the Twitter poll, he was second among these four guys. I think Chubb is a better pure runner than Saquon Barkley. Yikes! 
I think he's one okay. of the best pure runners in the league. Now, he is well below the the other guys we've mentioned from a pass catching perspective, and that's why he's in another tier. He is he drops a whole tier for sure because he does not have the pass catching chops that those guys do, or by the way that Kareem Hunt does. To your point, John. So that that hurts him a lot. But as a pure runner, he is one of the best in the league, bar none. And his his offense should be very good. We'll see if Stefanski fixes it. Like, where this offense should be should make us feel better about Chubb than almost any of these other guys, except maybe Zeke uh, and probably Dalvin Cook, for me at least. Um, but if the Browns offense performs to where their talent uh, you know, should be, we're talking about Nick Chubb as top three top three situations in the league. No, and, and if I, that happens, that. there's a very good chance he jumps up to top five, top four, even with Kareem Hunt there, because that offense could potentially support, you know, a, a 12, 13, 14 touchdown Chubb. And I think that I think there's a decent chance that happens. So that that is a big pivoting point for me for where Chubb ends up. It's tough to predict. But I think that that is going to make a massive difference after this next season or in this next season as to where we see him in our rankings. And that's part of my concern is how long is this going to take for that Mm. offense, new coach, new scheme, all of that to hit? Like, is this going to be something? Because we saw Adele Beckham Jr. come in last year. I was over the moon about it. I thought they'd be a great pairing from what we saw in rookie Baker Mayfield. I I thought it would be fantastic. Um, I actually have an article out there from last summer sometime uh, making a case for OBJ as being the wide receiver one in the 2019 season. Like I thought Mm. that it could happen and it didn't. And now we're bringing in a whole new system, new language, new scheme, new everything. How long is this going to take for that offense to hit their stride? Are they going to be off and running by week three or four? Maybe. Um, Is it going to take half a season for them to get their legs under them. And at that point, you're looking at Chubb doing a lot of catch up to the guys in front of him, potentially. So I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm really concerned about the splits with Hunt there. I, I I don't like it. I don't like it at all. The splits are are valid. No doubt about it. I mean, that is a huge factor. If you're telling me Nick Chubb is going to get 80, 80% of the touches, I mean, like Okada was saying, he's certainly a better runner than some of these guys on the top six list and potentially he would move up higher than our in our consensus ranks but cream hunt is there so that is valid however for one more year for one more year exactly and there are off the field concerns but the th- the point i want to make sure that we talk about is there was a fine gentleman who took over as the interim head coach for the washington redskins last year by the name of bill callahan guys he literally told the media you have a better chance of winning football games if you run more than your opponent. He literally said that, and that is asinine, but he said it. And he is the offensive line coach for the Cleveland Browns. This team is going to run, 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 and run some more. I and can't wait for OBJ both, to throw a fit in week two. Nick, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be great. And I think they're going to set up play action very well. Baker Mayfield mm. threw the ball yeah. extremely well out of yeah. play action last year. And so does Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. Yep. yep. So I think both running backs yep. are going to be very good in 2020. But because of that, I think that in seasons you know, moving forward, I think Nick Chubb is going to be the guy. So I love the system. I think it's a perfect fit for both running backs. Um, and I think Nick Chubb will lead the backfield. But how much of a percentage 
that's really the question. I think that's why we're so stuck on him here yep. with our splits. But regardless, I would say uh, these guys are going to both have a productive season in 2020. Woo! Fellas, an hour and 11 minutes. We talked about six players. <laughs> Sammy Watkins and Travis oh Kelsey and uh, CeeDee Lamb. A little bit of tight what end show. noise. It was great. Listen. What a show. Listen. None of us can talk to people. All right? We're all stuck <laughs> in our homes. This is our human interaction for the week. You can't you blame this. us for wanting to talk too much. No, you certainly can't. And, fellas, uh, it was a fun episode. We're going to record another one. We're recording this on Saturday. Mm. We're going to record another one tomorrow on Sunday for oh. our Patreon crew. Ooh. We have so many new patrons. These guys are awesome. And if you want to join our Patreon crew, head on over to patreon.com slash pod. We are potentially starting a new league in there. You get the Slack channel. You get an extra podcast. I mean, there's tons of good resources for you there. So check that out, Patreon dot com slash Richards pod fellas we're gonna be back pretty soon with running back seven through twelve Fact. until next we, time did we only do five no, no we, we did six, six. cmc saquon dalvin alvin kamara ezekiel elliott nick chubb okay just checking <laughs> i was like hold on know. hold on did we really no we did we did i can't do math it's okay and until next time john is gonna get a <laughs> math lesson <laughs> we are the red shirts <laughs> thanks for tuning in to this episode of the red shirts fantasy football podcast hit us up on twitter at red shirts ff pod and check out our website red shirts fantasy football.com